International Poznań. International Poznań on MC Radio. Uh, as always, we talk to international people from all over the world. This time, a uh, country that is a little bit closer than Argentina, because last time I had a guest from Argentina. This time I have Anton Lemens from Belgium. Goedemorgen. Goedemorgen, Piotr. Uh, I, lo- I love this. I love this greeting. It means good morning in um, in Flemish, right? Because you you are from the Flemish um, part of Belgium, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. And Flemish sounds a little bit like uh, Dutch, and the other part is French. That's right. Flemish actually is Dutch, but we tend to say it's Flemish because we like to be like a bit different. Okay, you like to be a little bit different. Okay, so we're gonna talk a lot about uh, Belgium because you know that's what the show is about. You know, kind of getting to know. Uh, countries of our guests, but we also going to talk about your 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 business, and this could be you know an inspiring talk for a lot of uh, listeners because uh, what you do is is very particular, I would say. However, more and more people you know decide to do it because you work remotely and uh, you sell your um, sort of your products, right? But but we're going to discuss later on Amazon in the United States. But you are based here in Poland, correct? Yes, that's correct. All right. So, um, Anton, but before we're going to get down to this um, business part and we, uh, before we're going to give some um, tips um, also for our uh, listeners on how to, and viewers on how to uh, start a business as, you, uh, as, as good as yours, uh, first I would like to talk about your life story. Because, as always on the show, we want to know what brought you here to this wonderful country called Poland and even more importantly, what brought you to Poznań? Well, it's a question that almost every Polish person asks me as soon as we meet. And it's also a question I love to answer. Of course. Well, this is the first question that comes to your mind, right? So this is... <laughs> exactly. And the first answer that comes to my mind, usually I don't give that answer, but let's... It's, I mean, let's just have it about a big elephant in the room, right? Okay. You probably guess, like, what... It, yeah, so let's say it out loud. It's... Polish woman. Woman. Polish woman. Yes, yes. I mean, this, this I'm is... not surprised. I'm not surprised. Indeed, indeed. But let me be clear. This is not the sole reason that I came here. Mm-hmm. It was like um, one big bonus. And being a, a young, successful bachelor who just broke up with from a long-term relationship, okay. Poland seems to be the right fit for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But then, um, not only not only that, I discovered actually a lot in Poland that really I found very interesting. Um, I realized that Poland has is is built very efficient. Yes. Um, yes. Way more efficient than in Belgium. Or, okay, or good like to hear that. I mean, not good for Belgium, but good for us in Poland. Thank yes. you very much for that. Well, <laughs> this this kind of hit me quite quickly, but. Um, just a lot of stuff is new here, yes. And they, it, it seems to me that Polish people just looked like what was existing, the systems mm-hmm. and everything, but just like cherry picked what's actually the best solution. I agree, especially after the fall of communists, right? Because if you if you um, had gone to Poland in 1989, you know, the yes. the um, the gap in you know wealth, whatever, between Belgium and and Poland was huge. Yeah. And, you know, in 1989, Polish people were like, you know, we have to somehow, you know, um, uh, catch up with the West. And this is this is our path now, you know, sort of we have this ambition, you know, catch up with this. 
It's not gonna be easy. It's not easy, you know. But uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, but I I do remember when um, Poland became a part of the European Union, Correct. and people. I lived in Belgium back then, and people in Belgium they looked very. They didn't look. I mean, Polish people were n not seen as a very positive thing, you know. That's true. And still until now, often, you know, you hear, you know, some negative stereotypes about Polish people. And some of them might be true <laughs> in a way, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying no to that. We're not a perfect nation for sure, you know? So still some of the stereotypes might be partially at least true. Well, I think there's there was a huge shift in that, to be honest. Mm. Whenever I go to Belgium and I talk about Poland, I mean, I only hear, to be honest, I only hear positive remarks. Yeah. Right now, especially with the war going on in Ukraine, a lot of people, I mean, Pol Poland has a very good image worldwide, I would even say. It does, it does. You know, I've, I think I, I need to admit that we were probably that nation that decided, okay, you know, we will have to help uh, our uh, neighbors, Ukrainians, you know, and, and I think Ukrainians are quite happy. You know, living here. Yes. Mm, but you know, still, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of many, many problems. And I also wanted to ask you, you know, what you dislike about Poland. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong about this, uh, this, this question because, for us, you know, that kind of feedback from you because you have a different perspective is yeah. very necessary. Right? Because we may not see, as Polish people, you know, I was born here in, in Poznań, I may not see something that you see. Right? Yes. Well, um, one of the things besides the weather during winter, which I'm not getting used to, but it's not something you can change. No. Um, what what kind of what I what I don't really like here is how polarized politics here That's true. are. That's true. That's true. And it's not just like left or right or right or center or whatever, but even, for example, in the right, there's so much polarization. Mm -hmm. um, they cannot find even a common ground, even if they're kind of on the same spectrum and um, like political propaganda here it's nasty I mean they play it pretty nasty but and it's I'm not used it's to on that. both sides you know because you feel like you know you may feel it's on the right wing but it's also the left wing yes, well, yes you know yes. so I think it's on, on that, 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 is, that is the problem that um, if you look at um, uh, Belgium you know but Belgium maybe the democracy there is has much longer traditions yes and we just implemented democracy, you know, 1989, as I mentioned, or the mm -hmm. fall of communists. And we are still learning, you know, what, what pluralism uh, is, you know, I think a lot of things might be new in a way. Yeah. And that's, that, that, I think that's the, that, that's the reason, right? Because Belgium, you know, uh, you are a monarchy, but still more like the democracy, isn't it? You know? That's true. But I think mm -hmm. the big takeaway is you can still go in Poland and protest on the streets, you're not going to be arrested no. or uh, no. they're not going to eliminate you because you have a different opinion. No. So I no. think that's no. important and it has to stay this way. No, of course, you know, uh, this is you know, not Belarus, uh, absolutely, Indeed. Uh, Indeed. Or, or Russia even, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I've spoken to some, when I was on holiday, I spoke to some people from Russia, right? And they said that, you know, even though we are against mm. Putin or against the, the regime or everything, what can we do, right? So if we imagine if we go um, uh, if we go uh, on the go out on the streets right and start protesting, you know, we we may go to jail. Our families yeah. may go to jail. So yeah, in that that sense, you know, Poland is a is a, is a stable country, and yeah, we can we can show our you know uh, disregard for for the government or disregard for the opposition, and nothing will um uh, nothing will happen. Yeah. Yes. All right. So um, so what do you think of uh, Polish people? Uh, your first maybe maybe your first impressions right because how many years ago did you come to Poland I live here time? actually I live here 
four years. Four years. A now. week ago, it's my birthday. I mean, my Polish birthday. birthday. So your Polish anniversary. Right? Indeed, Polish indeed. Polish life anniversary. Four I years, just, years. Yeah, yeah, I just put my car full of my stuff, what I wanted to take, uh-huh. and I drove to Warsaw because that's where I lived yeah, yeah, yeah. first. And um, yeah, I mean, I knew Polish people already from in Belgium. And uh-huh. to be honest, I already had always like a good connection with them. I don't know why it is. Is it because there's like um, we share like Belgians and Polish people? Maybe we share like a little bit of background, maybe mm-hmm. even though I'm not religious, but still we have some Catholic backgrounds. That's true. That's true. That's a Christian, maybe Christian as well. But yeah, yeah. We, yes. We, 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 like most of Europe, we are founded on the same. You Indeed. Know. But mm-hmm. I, I find this different than, for example, Dutch people and Belgians. Yeah. There, I think Polish people and Belgians are more compatible than Dutch people and Belgians. Even interesting. Yeah, even Belgian people and Ukrainian people, I would say, are less compatible than Polish people and Belgians. Uh, right. And I mm. just see one common thing, and it's just like religion, and not just Christianity, but Catholicism, Protestantism. That's true. That's true. But not many people in Belgium still go to church, right? Oh so, no, no, no! Absolutely not. So that's, that's my point. But I think yeah. it's like a blueprint we kind of have subconsciously, yeah. and um, yeah, this this kind of in a way shapes us. Shapes us. True. Yeah. True. True. I agree. I agree. It's interesting that you you find you know Polish people more comparable with um with Belgians yes. than with the, with the Dutch. That's. That's something I need to talk to about with my Dutch friends. Let's, let's well, see what let's yeah. see what they, what they say. About I would it. say Dutch people are very direct, and I would even say and Polish people are also very direct. Have you have you the, noticed that? If they know you, right? If they know you, if they you, know you, they indeed. can be very direct. But right? the Dutch people are direct, even if they don't know you. <laughs> you know what? I really like this because often True, you know, people too. won't tell you that they they don't like something yes. until you really push them to the uh, to the wall and say, you know, tell me what yeah. what's wrong. And Dutch people just tell you how it is. That's true. Know? And I, I like that because it, it it makes it simple, right? So yeah. You, you yeah. know what it is about straightforward, you know, immediately. That's true. Uh, I would say a lot of Belgians feel kind of intimidated towards Dutch people. Uh-huh. I always had like a lot of Dutch friends. I mean, I also kind of yes. liked them and the straightforwardness. I also kind of liked. Yet with, with Polish people, I always sense there's like first a barrier, you yeah. know, and yeah. you have to a bit a bit cool down. And But once you're there... And then it's party time, really. <laughs> po- Polish people will take you to. Po- we'll just party with you all night and be your best friend. I made, and I'm not, and I'm, I'm not just saying to to sound nice, but the best friends of my life, okay. I made in Poland. Everywhere I came in Warsaw, in Poznań, mm-hmm. I made friends very fast, and they were very, very good friends. That's true, because maybe you can even make uh, uh, acquaintances like. Uh, Friends in the English term, not like yes. and Polish yeah. and, um, and Belgium, right? But if you want people to have to be closer to you, then I would say Poland. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I have the same. I have the same impression. All right. So an, an, another question for you, um, Anton, is what can Poland learn from Belgium, and what Belgium can learn from uh, Poland? Okay. Um, I know it's a tough. I know it's a tough question. It's a bit right? tough. But I like sometimes I like to come because we can learn so much from each other, That's right? True. In, in, in a way, and I'm I'm sure there are things that you know are are 
are do, uh, are are done better in Belgium. And, yeah. and as you mentioned, there are also things that are done in Poland. You know what? What's what's the one same. of the things that's that's in Belgium, and I think many people might agree with in that is like Belgian Belgian food is is very very good, mm-hmm. especially meat. Mm-hmm. If you like steak, mm-hmm. um, I. I thought I th- when living in Belgium, I thought this was the norm. This is like mm-hmm. all over the world like this, mm-hmm. but it's not true. I tried even steak in the U.S., which is also they also they say yeah, American steak is made. Yeah. It's not. It's not like in Belgium. In Belgium, it has the most tender, the best tenderness. Uh-huh. You can uh, you ask your steak. You they they and and you go to any place. You know there will be amazing steak. It's very tender it's from a certain cow i mean i don't um, maybe i showed you once it's like it looks like almost like a bodybuilding cow i remember during your presentation at the um jci yeah. event you Indeed. know i remember i remember yes i'm yes, very proud of this cow it's it's called a belgian blue belgian blue is this um um uh, I was gonna say brand this this cow race breed, or breed breed, breed okay. indeed okay and it has it has a lot of muscle but very very little fat mm. so it has very tender uh meat a lot of protein no, not that yes. much fat <laughs> yeah I mean this is like a, a a cow a weird cow and they're in because of some mutation it can get like a lot of like hypertrophy by eating grass uh-huh, uh-huh. and that's a very weird uh, I mean some humans also have it but they kind of mutated this and they bred with this and now they have like cows and they, those cows have huge asses and oh, wow. yeah and when they so uh, big bully cows yeah and when when they get like little cows they actually it's better to they have to cut them open usually because it's ha- hard to give birth because uh-huh. of the big ass yeah Okay. <laughs> the big ass is the problem. Big bottom. Uh, yes. Interesting. So, so Belgian cuisine is famous for its um, quality steaks. That's well, one thing. It's not famous because of that. Uh, I just realize because Belgians are not really aware what they're good at. You know. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, but it's more like would you would you compare that cuisine to um the the Netherlands? You know, France. You know, any neighbors of um of uh, Belgium? Okay, I might sound chauvinist here right now, but I think. We're way better than Dutch cuisine. Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I never heard of Dutch cuisine because it's not really a thing. Struwaffel, you know, this is good. Though. Well, <laughs> it's good, it's good, but, it, I but mean, not that it, many other dishes. You're right. Indeed, you're indeed. Right. Yeah. French, French, true. It's probably almost a pinnacle of like old cuisine. Yeah. Um, and Belgian is like French. It's very much influenced by French cuisine, mm-hmm. but um, here and there, like a little refined. I also have like those moule or those. Yeah. Uh, Seafood, I don't like them. Right? When seafood. I was in Belgium, I exactly. love seafood restaurants, right? Lobsters and everything. Yeah, know? yeah. This is, this is what I don't like covering. seafood. I'm a meathead. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um, in Belgium, meat is like, yeah, it's it's. It's, it's interesting. It's also about Belgian history, right? Because you know, uh, Belgium is a land of uh, um, uh, discoverers. You know, the conquistadors, sort of, right? So you have you had some colonies in um, in Africa. Yeah. So maybe this is where you, that's why you have some inspirations also from Africa in your cuisine. Um. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but this is like or some products that were you know uh, that were sourced there uh, somehow but this I mean Congo and this colony this is a bit of dark page in Belgian history that most Belgians actually didn't want anything to do with or didn't had anything to do with 
Uh-huh. Um, but yeah. still, you have many people from Congo in um, in Belgium. So I met some There's people some. from Congo. Yes, uh, especially in Brussels. You know? Yes, mm-hmm. that, that's true. Okay, so the food is something that we could adapt from Bel- uh, Belgium. So maybe a Belgian restaurant, not only you know, not only um, uh, fries or whatever. Steakhouse, you know? steakhouse, Ste- would Belgian be steakhouse. That, yeah, that's what you would like in Poland. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And and vice versa. Do you think uh, this is this efficiency that you you mentioned at the beginning? Yeah, I I I mean the fact that there's like Uber here. Mm-hmm. There's Pachacoma. <laughs> yeah, but you're kid- you're laughing. But you but know why there's no Uber in Belgium, right? Because th- of strong um, union. Exactly, and, uh, and that just this kind. I mean, unions are kind of keeping. But you, know, I, you understand why they do it, right? Because they're afraid of you know cheap labor, you know, and everything. Yeah, I, I know. So there are some advantages and disadvantages. But this. but you're right. Uber, you know, Uber or Bolt or other, you know, uh, card uh, shared car um, services. True. Much more cost efficient. That is true. Yeah, but it's also a disadvantage for way more people than it's an advantage for like fewer people that's true it's always this problem right so yeah. do, do you want to protect this this smaller group right yes. the taxi drivers that mm-hmm. are kind of used to a little bit higher yeah. prices and whatever or are you gonna you know give possibilities to to the majority of citizens yeah right? allowing them to use whatever service they want this is a question you know? there's a lot of people driving drunk in belgium after a party because we don't have it we don't have an alternative you want to go apart to a party so you take your what's car the limit, what's the limit of alcohol in, in Belgium like if you can um, I, zero points it's probably higher than in Poland right as well could it be zero Point two. I'm not. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not. All right. Sure. So technically, you know, people shouldn't shouldn't have you know have something to drink, no. alcohol wise, and, and drive. Right. This is something that you. But know. everybody does or did it once, uh-huh. at uh-huh. least once, All and right. that's different in Poland. In Poland, it's really taboo. No, I think in Poland, you know, the majority of people, at, at least, you know, when I look at my social circle, you know, you either you either drink or drive. You know? Yeah. This is this is yes. how you this 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 is how you do it because you often hear about people in Poland that you know terrible accidents, whatever. You you don't want to be involved in that. Yeah, know, so, indeed. So. But so, besides mm-hmm. that, I would also say, I mean, I I have now a, a daughter of almost two years, and I see the difference in how here governments actually support like young parents especially young mothers are you, are you talking about the 500 plus program or no there? no not at all <laughs> because that yeah we also have in belgium i'm just uh-huh. talking about like my wife could take off from her job for uh-huh. a year to take mm, care of the baby yeah and in belgium it wouldn't be like that three months three months only hmm but then the question is, are, do companies, you know, provide, you know, some kind of services within, you know, the workplaces, right? So I don't know, like ki- uh, kindergartens or like nurseries are popular in, in companies in Belgium? I never heard of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, ma- nice, maybe some know. bigger companies. Maybe some bigger co- corporations, right? Yeah. You're right. I think we, we're quite family oriented, oriented, right? Very much, yes. I think more definitely than, than Belgium, I would say. You know, I don't know. The, I've been only to Belgium once, so Brussels and Bruges, mm-hmm. uh, but... Uh, you know, to be honest with you, I think we're definitely more family oriented, right? Yeah. Maybe because Belgium has so many influences from other European countries, you know, the history a little bit, you know, we were always there in the same place. And for us, family has always been the most important part. Yeah. So maybe that's why. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think, again, those unions play a role in this. And I think mothers for unions, it's not like... I never heard of unions yeah. backing mothers or something in Belgium. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying, of course. And it's also a job. It's a very difficult job, probably. Exactly. You know, uh, as a father, you know how difficult it is to raise a, raise a child. And uh, so the, with your partner, so she speaks to your daughter in Polish and you yes. speak in, um, uh, in uh, English. 
Dutch. I speak Dutch, Dutch to my daughter, yeah. So she will be uh, bilingual at least. Yes, and she uh. hears us speaking English too. Exactly. So I think, luckily, my wife also speaks French, so we can still use French as a secret language to each other. Because ah, you also sp- so you speak uh, English, Flemish, and French. And German, and, and German. a little bit of Polish. A little bit of Polish, no. Bardzo dobrze, bardzo dobrze. Tak, tak. Tak, Okay, okay. All right, so um, I'm thinking whether I want to ask you anything more about um, uh, Belgium. Maybe one more one more question that just come, uh, came to my mind now. You know, what what, what is it? Do you miss anything about uh, living in Belgium? You mentioned the food, right? But in terms of I don't know places, family, is there something that you feel like okay, it would be nice to you know I don't know um, uh, take a boat and um, uh, sail around um, channels in Bruges? I don't oh, know. No, I mean I usually miss Poland when I'm in Belgium. You know. <laughs> So it's the opposite. So it's the opposite. Totally, uh-huh. totally. So, I mean, I mean, I miss, I miss what I have here in Poland. Okay, when I go to Belgium, I try to eat or I want to eat steak almost <laughs> every day, <laughs> okay. and then I come back here in Poland. Oh, and I, I take minced meat also from Belgium. Okay. Uh, that's quite an operation because minced meat in Poland. It's not as in Belgium. They make it so good you can eat but it beef or raw. Pork? Beef, beef or pork? Both. They mix it. They mix it up and they put condiments. It, so in like it. like tatar, you mean? Like you, you eat it in the form of tatar? Um, well, it's still kind of tatar is kind of chopped. I yeah, think. Yeah. Uh, minced meat. It's still kind of grinded, but uh-huh. I don't know what how how it comes that the quality is like way better mm, of this. Interesting. Interesting. So how do you have your steak? Um, uh, medium rare, rare. Um, medium rare. Medium rare. This, yeah. is, this is my favorite kind as well. Yeah, know? and in Belgium, uh-huh. you also always have to choose a sauce. Uh huh. Like uh, they have like mushroom sauce of from Champion or like uh-huh. uh, Béarnaise or or I mean. Oh, Béarnaise is nice. Though. Yeah, and quite always, fussy though, but nice. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's pure butter on. <laughs> yeah, pure butter exactly. Yeah, and yeah. always fries. Uh-huh. And and if you have a little to, bit of salad, just a little bit of salad, yeah, some yeah. vegetables on just, the side, just, and, just, uh, oh, yeah, just one leaf or something. <laughs> one leaf of um, yeah. of uh, lettuce. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Anton. So now I would like to uh, move on to the other part of our show, and because uh, you are also a man of uh, uh, business, a businessman. And uh, we, we're not going to tell exactly our listeners what you exactly sell, but we can say that it's um, a heavy industry niche. Right? Yes. And uh, you sell that on uh, on Amazon in the United States, living here in Poland. So tell us, you know, how is that possible, and why did you decide to take that um, path? This is very interesting. Well, um, I first my first first business ventures were actually aimed to Belgium, but mm-hmm. then I realized Belgium is a tiny country, um, again divided with people that speak a different language. Mm-hmm. So actually, Belgium is a tiny, tiny market. So um, I decided to try in the United States, which mm-hmm. is a huge market. Um, you can just put your product there in one language, and it's gonna be visible for more than 200 million people. So yeah, the United States is better than the European Union, right? Because in the European Union we have um, okay, you can still use English, but we have many other you know national languages. That's right? correct. So, so that's why. Although the United States is what three hundred forty million people now, something like or that, or three hundred forty. Yeah, I, yeah, could could be. Let's say three hundred forty million. Uh, anyway, it's 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 like a big market. Yeah. On top of that, in in European Union, you have to 
another obstacle is VAT and mm-hmm. that is different in each country. Ah, that's why. No. So it's it's just much harder to offer a product at a big market in Europe than mm-hmm. in the US. So in the US, it doesn't matter which state you are selling to or which state you are selling from. Is, is, is there a difference also between states? Because I know that each state, you know, has also a different set of yes. uh, laws and rules, right? Yeah. In, in, in uh, the US, they don't call it VAT. They call it sales tax. And indeed, mm-hmm. every state is different. Exactly. Um, but it's not so hard in the end to um, collect it. It's still e- the same country. So <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. It, it just It's just a lot easier. It's you. to me, first time. I was in the United States, you know, when I saw prices in shops and then I had to add tax at the checkout, you know, I was yeah. like, why can you just show me the final price, Indeed. you know, there? And then that was an unpleasant surprise yeah. when I was at the checkout and I was like, oh, how much? <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed. So they have a they have a different way of, of, of showing it there. Exactly. Besides that, Americans are like very strong consumers. They just sure. like to consume. Uh, of course. Well, no, this is, you know, this is their propaganda, right? Yes. The consumerist, I think, is the American propaganda. They have to have more and more. And that hasn't changed. You mm-hmm. know, that hasn't changed. It's been like that for the last, I'm thinking, after the um, Second World War. Yeah, it probably. started, you know, yeah. late 40s or something. And because people were getting richer and richer. And with that, you know, they they had to consume. Yeah. More and more, right? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So, so that's why the American market is great, you know, because people want more and more uh, stuff. Yeah. Some, even if they don't need that, you know, let, let's also say that, you know, yeah, that, that's totally. why, you know, we, we had this crisis in 2000, economic crisis in 2008. It was also caused by, I wouldn't say greed, but let's say the fact that, you know, people uh, wanted to buy more that they could afford, right? And I yeah. think this is the case of American people. Now America is in a much better financial condition than back in 2008. Mm-hmm. And still, you know, the reason why you also in the United States is that, you know, people can, can buy probably more than in Europe, right? And they can um, they can spend more in, in yeah. eventually, right? Maybe their they're buying habits are also different than in Europe. Absolutely, too, right? absolutely. It's also kind of normal in the US to buy something, you don't like it, well, you just return it. And you can return it. Yeah. Even if you use it, you just return it. But, or um, garage sale. I always think of you know yeah. America and they they have those garage sales like you know. Yeah, indeed, go. indeed. So return. Okay, so is that a problem for you? So let's say you sell your um, uh, you sell your products, and how often? I don't know if you have this kind of data. How often are they returned? Oh, many, <laughs> many, many times. Because it's, it's, it, you, you calculate this. You say okay. Yeah. You know that's a possibility. Always it's a possibility. So you kind of keep keep that in mind. That's yeah. why you need like a big margin to start with, mm-hmm. especially if you if you have a product with different sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, because this is this could could be like something this is something I'm struggling with like it's very hard for example for clothes certain mm-hmm. clothes to put like very consistent sizes that are also in the US I mean uh, extra large in Europe is smaller than an extra large in America. Of course, let's look at the um, uh, average American man. Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. A little bit larger than an average European man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> indeed, indeed. So, um, I mean, and I would even say in, in Asia, even this Excel is even smaller. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is like something, I mean, this is something you learn during the process, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's a... Uh, it's a hard lesson to learn when you see the returns coming in, coming okay. back. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But you know, you kind of you, you you know that it will happen. You know that you will have returns. That's that's part of yes. your job description. Also receiving those returns. But then you also you you check whether the product is okay. It's okay. Um, then you can resell it, right? Is is that how it works? Yes. Some products I'm able to resell are mm-hmm. not used. Mm-hmm. Others uh, have to be thrown away simply. Yeah. 
what a waste. <laughs> you know, it is. A, it is. A, because the waste of money for you it was a waste of this product, right? Because it's been yes. already used and you, you cannot uh, you cannot do much about it. Indeed. Okay. So um. So you, you decided to do it on on Amazon, right? What was what was the, the preparation process? Because you had to find uh, some uh, manufacturer in the country that produce the this sort of um uh, heavy uh, um, uh, machine equipment, let's say um uh, heavy. How did we call it? Heavy industry. Heavy industry. Heavy industry niche. Yes. Um, in a country that, you know, makes it uh, cheap. So probably Asia, right? So yeah. China, uh, I don't know, India, whatever. And um, c- can you do it with other uh, other industries, you know? Do, do you think that yes. it's a formula that can be transferred, you know, and other people can follow your steps? Yeah, I, I, I really believe so because I actually tried. I mean, I, I just did it two tests the market if it would still work mm. and i launched a new product uh two years ago simply to test if it would still work mm. and it did it did, it did. okay um I, I i see i think what we're seeing now is um existing niches are getting more and more uh competitive yeah. like while, while while i was the only one selling a certain product when i started out now there now it's flooded by competitors that's true that's true but you have some uh, some positive reviews right that also yes. because you've got experience and everything so probably customers may choose your products over those new competitors indeed i have like my brand i branded everything mm-hmm. my brand is kind of i mean i think my my brand has uh people find my brand kind of sympathetic or something mm-hmm. well that's um, important you know yes so because you know you have a lot of products that are the one that say they're the same right but they they're similar let's Indeed. say and, and you need to find a point of difference right some sort of unique selling point some emotion that people yes. can relate to and then this is the reason they buy because it's only online right so they see a, a page right a web page and they say okay all right i might, I might buy it you yeah know, I, might, I might buy it. this is something i need i mean with this brand you have to also show that you're really have an expertise in the mm-hmm. uh, products that you're selling i mean it would be very hard to make a brand for right now for um uh smartphone covers for example that's true I so think, many competitors, right? On the yeah. Also, the it's, indeed, but it's also an easy product. I would just say, like, there's there's one uh, I have I have here. This uh, I don't know how it's called. Spigen. Mm-hmm. So Spigen is like a strong brand of, of okay. uh, so smartphone can, so you covers. Can drop it. You can drop it. It will be fine. Yeah. Most, well, most probably. And, yeah, <laughs> they, ha- they, they have this. They have a, a good like. Uh, they have a good um, name and a good image okay, for this. That okay. uh, they're a little bit more advanced for uh, smartphone covers. But I, this would be like a very generic um, market. I would not step into that. I would if if I would recommend to people to find like a very very deep niche, uh-huh. very narrow, um, and f- actually. In a in a relatively slow selling, but steady selling product uh-huh. market. Yeah. Uh-huh. So you start with finding a manufacturer, for example, in China, India, Bangladesh, yes. you know, Vietnam. Uh, for, okay. First, you do, you you find your niche. Then you um uh, you you find a manufacturer. Yeah. And then do you have to pay in advance for the stock? How does it how does it work exactly? Yeah. Usually, what I usually do is um, I I look at products that are already selling. Mm-hmm. So if I see they're already selling, that I kind of shows that there interest for it. Mm-hmm. And then the good thing of Amazon is that you can read 
reviews mm -hmm. and you can see sometimes people write down how the product could be improved yeah i mean this is just feedback for free okay. that you get of course of course so from similar products that people have bought in the in the past yeah, yeah. and then you say oh this could be improved that could be improved yeah and this is how you find the right manufacturer in China, for example. Yeah, and then you just ask like, hey, could we change this? Could we, for example, uh, change the zipper into like a, a Velcro part uh -huh. or something? I mean, it could make it easier for, uh -huh. the, for the customer. Um, I mean, I'm trying to improve my products like that all the time, actually. Okay. Well, that's important, you know, because yeah. then, then you, will, you will receive uh, more positive reviews than exactly. your competitors. Yes. And then you talk directly to the manufacturer and yeah. tell them, you know, what, what could be improved. Let's say they improve that and then you decide, okay, I want to sell that product on Amazon, right? It's improved now. It creates a better value than, than competitors. And then how, but how does it work? You know, the product is in China. Yeah. You're in Poland. And then you sell it on uh, on Amazon uh, US. Yeah, I just uh, ship it directly to. I mean, obviously, I've seen the product because first I order like a sample uh -huh. to check if the quality is good, and I need also a sample for uh, product photography and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just have all the products shipped directly to the US or Canada or wherever so I'm Amazon's selling. Amazon's warehouses, right? Yes, I use also other warehouses. Other than Amazon, because mm -hmm. I'm I'm not only selling on Amazon anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. I have my own web shop and if, and everything Which is bad, too. Right? You know, absolutely. Because then you have it's diverse, right? So yes. You have diversification, so you have yeah. a couple of sources of income. So that's I mean, good. Amazon can just if you if you're only selling on Amazon, Amazon can just shut down your business for no reason. Uh huh. But for the beginning, it's the easiest way, right? Yes. Because you know, first you have some you have some brand recognition from Amazon, yes. right? And then you can open your own web web shop that, like you did. On That's your own, right. right. I mean, you have you get traffic from Amazon. Traffic you're not gonna get on your own web shop, and that's mm -hmm. why Amazon is still an important channel actually to mm -hmm. sell on. So the initial costs are, are the products that you have to pay for from China, the shipping. Yes. And then uh, they need to store it somewhere in, in the US, so in the um, warehouse, right? Yes. So you also pay for that. Yeah, indeed. Okay, and then another thing is you pay um, profit margin. So you sell a product, I don't know, for $20, let's say, a unit. Then how, how much would Amazon charge, for example? Um, Amazon charges like 15%, 15 or 18%. 15 or 18%. So for out of $20, let's say that would be $4, let's say. Yeah, but on top of that, they also charge like fulfillment costs. Mm -hmm. So um, I would say $20, <laughs> mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be, yeah. You, I think if you want to start right now, you would need a, a product of at least like $70, $80. $70, $80. To okay. get like, aim for at least like a, a, a raw profit of like 40%. 40%. So 40% of $70, so let's say about, you know, 20, 28, 25 yes. dollars per, per, per unit, right? So that's, you know, that's after, you know, all the taxation, um, uh, shipping and everything. Manufacturing yes. And everything. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, no but it's, uh, <laughs> no, it's not too bad for sure. But um, yeah, you have to keep in mind that there's going to be other costs on top of that. Yeah. Um, it's it's good to start because and then returns right you mentioned the returns so exactly. also you have to calculate that some of that money will be you know uh, will be wasted yes through returns right indeed you will, you will have to throw away some products you won't be able to to re resell them you know it's a business all kinds of stuff can happen I mean I had um, I had what a, a part of a shipment disappeared of me mm -hmm. a few years ago it was like I think it was thirty thousand uh, dollars worth. Uh, value that simply disappeared and I could not I could not claim it from 
any party. I could not claim wait, it. Wait, wait, on the way from China to the US? No, or? it was even from the US to the US. It got lost <laughs> somewhere. And you couldn't, you, 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 couldn't get, you couldn't get any compensation, couldn't claim no, any compensation? No, no, they but all... Was it insured? Or because I'm sure you also insured that this kind of ship. Well, in a way, well, it, it's insured when I when I ship it from Asia to uh-huh. the US. Uh-huh. But um, if like a FedEx or UPS ships it, you would assume that it's going to arrive safely. Most of the time, yeah. it would, right? Indeed. <laughs> so uh, everybody said like, yeah, it was delivered. Uh, we we keep our hands off it. Oh no! And it's pointless to even start like a, I I wanted to start a lawsuit about it, but I, probably I was gonna lose even more that money. That would be difficult, right? Especially in the US, remotely, you know. Yeah. That would be that would be difficult. Yeah, yeah. lawsuits are very expensive in the US, right? You exactly. can make a lot of money sometimes, but they're yeah. very expensive at the yeah. at the beginning. So, um, so what are the pros and cons of this kind of lifestyle? Because with this kind of profession, um, a business, there's some sort of lifestyle. Yeah, the the cool thing is that I usually to keep it running, I just have to um, check things. I mean, I just have to follow up, s- mm. follow up some um, processes. But you work in the American time, so for example, like I don't know, New York, Chicago, whatever. So you were you, you start your day a little bit later, thanks yes. to that. Yeah, yeah, but I, I can still work in the morning. I mean, because uh-huh. um, it's like six seven hours difference, right? With the with the east. Well, yeah, they have like. Nine with Los Angeles. East, East and, yeah, East and West has yeah. already six hours or something different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, it's it's you. There are like a lot of time zones different yeah. than us. Yeah. Um, but in general, everything is automata- automized. So mm-hmm. if I get an order, it automatically ships out the same mm-hmm. day. Um, mm-hmm. I just have to check to follow up. Mm-hmm. If I get some emails or calls from clients, I just have to. I try to give like a very very good customer service because that's that's like really a thing, very important uh, in this business. People really appreciate that, mm-hmm. and it kind of hits me that uh, people cherish this so much because it shows that often it's not the case. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. don't get like a good customer service. Um, but yeah, since I'm kind of. Uh, going to bed here in Poland while the day is is only half, like let's say in San Francisco, yeah. um, I cannot pick up all the phones. So I pick up the phones that I can, uh-huh. and the rest. Sorry, guys, I'm sleeping. Exactly. So, but you can return those calls, you know, the day after. You know, it's still possible to find. Yes. Some, yeah. In a way, to find yeah. some mutual under and understanding. Yes. Yeah. So, but, but the good thing is about you. You can travel, right? As well. So technically, if, as long as you have your laptop and your phone, you know, you, exactly. you can travel and do this, uh, do this work. And um, you don't have your own. You don't have a boss, right? So that you're, you're your own boss. So you can decide, you know, what you want to do. But also, you take all of the responsibility, right? So. Yes, indeed. I have <laughs> to. Um, if there's if there if a, if there's a screw up, I have to. Um, you're the only, you're the only person to be to that can be blamed, right? Indeed, right, right, indeed. Right, right, right for that. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, the final uh, the final question. Um, I know that you have an Instagram channel that you used to share. A lot of tips about your your lifestyle and your 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 business. Uh, what is the future of uh, Anton? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I'm trying to um, just pass this information, this uh, knowledge, because I get a lot of people coming to me asking about it, mm. and it. I mean, I have to just tell the same story over and over. Of course. So that's why I decided I'm just gonna make a YouTube channel about it. Um, you can find me on Anton Lemons or Anton. Um, shit, what was it again? 
Anton, when life gives you lemons on YouTube. <laughs> lemons, I love that. Yeah, when life, uh, kiedy życie daje ci cytryny. Uh, it's, it's, a great, it's a great saying, you know. Yeah. So uh, when life gives you lemons, you are lucky. You are in luck, my friend. Um, <laughs> all right, so, so there you share on your YouTube channel, also on Instagram, you share um, some insight, right? Insight yeah. into this world, you know, um, uh, some, some coaching, I would say, you know, a little bit of coaching too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think in the future I would um, move further maybe I'm gonna create a course or maybe I'm gonna offer coaching mm. or um, simply consulting for some maybe some companies want to start selling online absolutely and a lot of people just want to give up their um, businesses yeah uh, their you know uh, boring um, uh, you know jobs jobs whatever yeah. and um, they want to do something like that you know and I mean that's why I think there's a niche for it especially after the pandemic you know the pandemic showed us that you can do so many things yeah online and and that kind of job is done purely online and um, yeah I gave up my job in 2018, and to be honest, it's one of the best feelings in the world. One of the best decisions you've ever made. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, because I mean, it was thanks, I mean, because I could give up my job because I had this business that I was able to move to Poland. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I would still be stuck in Belgium. I would be stuck in Belgium during lockdown. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah, no, that it was a bit tighter than here in Poland. It's, yeah, it was better to be stuck in Poland. <laughs> yes. still stuck, you know. That but, was a but, blessing. But, that but, was a blessing. Blessing in disguise. Blessing in disguise. Okay, uh, Anton, we we need to finish. Unfortunately, we could talk for uh, hours. Thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for sharing this insight into Belgium. But even more importantly, I think you know, uh, sharing your insight into your way of business. Right? Maybe we inspired some people and um, and some people will want to be like Anton and, and create their own business using for example Amazon in the US but maybe other markets you know there are so many possibilities so, yeah thank you Piotr thanks for having me it was really a pleasure to talk here in this amazing studio yeah yeah it's, it's pretty amazing here thank you very much danke well danke well graag gedaan thank you very much <laughs> dziękuję bardzo